I'm now joined by Michael Auerbach, founder and chief investment officer of Subversive Capital, who back in January launched their first ETF. It's called the Subversive Metaverse ETF, ticker symbol PUNK, P-U-N-K, great ticker. And this looks to me like it's just the beginning of what's going to be a number of products, given that Subversive currently has five ETFs in the hopper with the SEC, including two that caused uh, quite a bit of buzz last week, the Unusual Whale Subversive Democratic Trading ETF, ticker Nancy, N-A-N-C is in Nancy Pelosi, and the uh, Unusual Whale Subversive Republican Trading ETF, ticker Cruz, K-R-U-Z is in Ted Cruz. They also have filings for a uh, cannabis ETF that has what I would call an ESG spin to it, There's a decarbonization ETF, a mental health ETF, and a food security ETF. So they're clearly targeting the thematic space coming out of the gate here. And Michael is now on the line with me from New York. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so look, before we get to the uh, Metaverse ETF and your uh, future ETF plans, I thought it'd be good to talk more about Subversive, because while you are new to the ETF space, You've been investing in emerging industries for nearly a decade now, right? I show some 40 companies, six of which IPO'd, uh, four SPACs, over a half billion dollars of follow-on investment capital. So tell us more about the company. And I'd also love to hear a little bit more about your background as well. Sure. Um, So I'm a commercial diplomat by trade. Um, I've been working for the former U.S. Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, um, for over a decade. Um, She recently passed away, um, and I'm still a a partner and an executive at her firm, uh, Albright Stonebridge Group, which is a part of uh, Denton's Global Advisors, which is a a large uh, international consulting firm. Um, About a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, I also launched Subversive Capital, essentially a family office platform um, to invest in companies that uh, require some type of government relations or uh, regulatory uh, support uh, for, to, for the company to succeed, uh, because that's my expertise is working with governments and, uh, and regulators. And so we made our first big bet in the cannabis industry uh, back uh, 12, year, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, with uh, Privateer Holdings, which sent out companies like Tilray and Leafly. Uh, which are uh, Tilray was the first um, U.S. public company in cannabis on the Nasdaq, and Leafly went public a few months ago, um, and others. And then from there, we just diversified and we invested in you know new types of metallurgy, transportation like Hyperloop. Um, we've invested in uh, companies in the psychedelic space and other biotech companies. Brain computer interface is a new. Um, uh, a new um, industry that we're looking heavily at. We're invested in a couple of brain-computer interface companies. Um, you know, any any company that sort of interacts with regulators is uh, is a sort of our bread and butter and sort of where where we fit. So, we're a private venture capital firm. Um, we've also done a couple of SPACs, uh, two in the U.S. and two in Canada. Um, three of them have successfully de-SPAC'd and are trading now. Uh, one of them will um, will de-stack in the next uh, in the next couple of months, um, but that deal has been announced, and we launched our first ETF, um, you know, just under a year ago with uh, with Punk, um, the Subversive Metaverse ETF, and you rightfully say that we've got another five on file, and the objective behind creating an ETF practice, a registered investment advisor as part of Subversive, was to continue to have the conversation that we find so interesting around some of these emerging industries, 
um, but to have it with um, with the public. Um, we think that you know we're picking themes that are really important um, to a set of investors that are looking to put money to work um, in a safer um, in a safer way than just picking individual stocks. Uh, and we're using these as a platform to have a, a larger conversation around food security and climate. Um, and um, and social justice when it comes to cannabis, uh, and you know we just uh, we just announced the the congressional ETFs um, and looking at like what kind of democracy do we want? Uh, we're the only democracy in the world that allows our elected officials to buy and sell individual stocks, and so we're using these as a platform to have a larger conversation with investors um, and providing them with um, with uh, you know access to a safer investment platform with great returns. Yeah, and can you expand on that just a little bit more? You know, it's interesting. Clearly, you're an entrepreneur at heart, and anytime I see a new entrant into the ETF space, which is an ETF entrepreneur, I always ask, well, what put you over the top to to make that die? Because as you know, the ETF space, it's a tough business. It's highly competitive. It's really difficult to have success. Doesn't mean you can't find it. It's just, it's a very tough business. So what put you over the edge to to finally get involved in ETFs? Yeah, we, so a couple of reasons. One, you know, during the sort of the height of the, the bull market last year, a lot of money was going into um, some of the thematic ETFs, um, as well as like some of the larger players outside of the traditional ones like um, that BlackRock has. So like the ARC ETFs. And, you know, listening to Bloomberg and CNBC and, you know, your podcast and others, um, it seemed to really focus on, um, on sort of ROI as the sole and only reason why someone should invest in a particular name or in a particular basket of names. Um, and I think we had a lot of particularly younger retail investors or less sophisticated investors um, or new entrants to capital markets investing. Um, really get excited about, you know, Bitcoin's going to the moon, Tesla's going to the moon, and sort of all of these types of um, uh, narratives around investing. And it kind of, you know, bothered me because as an investor, obviously I want my investments to increase in value, but I also want my values to be embedded in my investments. And I'm not thinking about it from like an ESG perspective because I think that that's a completely different conversation. I'm thinking that, you know, Tesla makes a great car, um, but it's also a company that is, you know, has a has a platform to do some really wonderful things to combat climate change. And so, like, when Kathy Wood gets on television, she's not talking about sort of the systemic issues around climate change and how that's affecting the world and affecting our society. And while investing in the electrification of vehicles or other climate-friendly transportation, um, you know, not only is a good investment because this is where the market is going, um, but it's also really good for the environment. Um, and we're sort of at a tipping point when it comes to our climate. The same on food security or cannabis or whatever we're trying to get out there. We're trying to have a deeper conversation outside just um, the return on investment. And this is going to the moon and the rocket symbol and the moon and all that. And so we're trying to get away from that and have a bit more nuanced, sophisticated conversation with um, new entrants into capital markets and, you know, more sophisticated long-term investors um, that, you know, didn't seem to be happening last year. And particularly now that we're in a bear market, you know, the safest place to continue to invest um, should be in index funds, ETFs. And so 
um, we're looking to create a, you know, a space for those investors um, to put some capital to work, um, particularly an important time in sort of the capital markets uh, um, uh, trajectory uh, as we, you know, will probably be in the spare market for, for a little bit longer uh, before things get a little bit better in the capital markets towards the end of the year next year. Okay, so I think that's the perfect jumping off point to get into your first ETF, which is a subversive metaverse ETF. Again, ticker symbol, punk. Um, so I, I guess with a backdrop you just gave us, why start with a metaverse and then tell us about the ETF, which I know is actively managed? Sure. So we, we first filed the two ETFs together, both the cannabis one and, uh, and the metaverse one. We delayed the cannabis one. Uh, we identified a new trust um, that would make it easier for us. It's a, it's complicated, the cannabis ones, because they're U.S. companies, but they trade in Canada, and you need to do it as a swap. Um, and so it's just a more complicated uh, animal. So we've delayed it, um, and uh, we've refiled, and that will go effective soon. Um, so that's why we um, we only launched the one, which was the Metaverse one. Um, the Metaverse one, you know, we... We think that there's a really interesting, we're in a really interesting time when it comes to, um, you know, how we consume and how we uh, consume information and sort of where we're headed when it uh, goes to a more immersive experience online, Um, whether it's medical or for pleasure or, um, or music or video gaming. Uh, whatever it may be, there are large companies and small companies uh, building both the infrastructure, the application, um, and the way in which uh, we are going to transition from sort of a 2D digital life to a 3D digital life. Or not necessarily 3D, but more immersive, and that includes audio and augmented reality and virtual reality as a, sort of the, the minor component here. Um, and so we wanted to pick a basket of names that we're really trying sort of over the long term to create these more immersive environments. And we think, you know, companies like Apple, and Google and Microsoft are really on the cutting edge. NVIDIA are really on the cutting edge of this um, uh, this burgeoning industry. We also, um, in, you know, wanted to ensure that we were taking a, um, both a moral position and, and an investment decision when it came to meta platforms or formerly Facebook. Um, and so we have a, a single short position um, that we launched with. Um, really, you know, we launched the ETF a few weeks before earnings where sort of the public, you know, really understood the severity of the losses uh, associated with them investing in their version of what um, uh, the next iteration of the Internet will be, which is a version that we believe that most people do not want. Um, and we also wanted to ensure that, you know, our investors understood that we do not believe that Facebook or Meta or good custodians of our digital lives, as we see with um, with a lot of the misinformation um, on the on the platform and the dangers that you know other platforms within Meta like Instagram um, are for our for our children, especially our young girls. Um, and we just wanted to ensure that we believe that people will continue to leave the platform um, and advertisers will continue to leave the platform. Um, but we also believe that uh, Facebook is not um, is not the uh, the platform that is going to you know be the winner of uh, the digital future. Uh, there's not going to be one winner, but it's certainly not going to be Facebook. That's highly interesting. So you're saying there's a singular short position in uh, in Meta? Yes, we have a singular short position among our basket of names. Um, it's been you know since day one we've increased that short position over 
over the course of the year, um, you know, and uh, and we'll continue to have that on um, ad infinitum um, until we, until you know Meta either completely adjusts their business model um, and their senior management. Michael, you, you sit in a really interesting spot, just given what you do across your entire firm. I'm curious, what do you make of the uh, market environment around this space right now? Because if I look at the companies associated with your ETF, or really just the metaverse as a whole, it's been a tough year, right? I mean, in some cases, there are stocks down 50% plus. Uh, I think there are a lot of skeptics out there, especially when you start looking at the crypto side of things and how that ties into the, the metaverse. I'm just curious, what, what's your overall assessment of everything we've seen this year? Yeah, so, you know, we, we, we're we sort of lucky um, that, you know, or not lucky, I mean, sort of prescient, uh, if I don't mind to say it, um, to have that short position in Facebook, because our competitors in sort of the metaverse ETF space, um, you know, usually their first or second position is meta, uh, because they're, you know, it's in the name. Um, and Mark has been, Mark Zuckerberg has been outspoken about what he thinks the metaverse is, which is a sort of ready player one dystopian world that nobody wants. Um, in terms of the other names, I think, you know, if you just look at it from like a tech perspective, tech stocks are down significantly um, in this bear market. Um, we think that there's, we think that there's, you know, uh, that many of them are, are trading at, um, uh, at significant discounts and, you know, we'll, we'll see those stocks rise in the future. Um, but the skepticism around the metaverse is, is something that people, that I take very seriously. Um, and so we see it very differently. Like we do not think the metaverse is horizons and ready player one and Bitcoin and blockchain. Um, you know, we, we see the metaverse as just a more immersive, uh, environment for, um, your digital daily life. And that includes, you know, AirPods and headphones and audio. Um, it includes, uh, what Apple's working on with augmented reality glasses. Um, it includes uh, more immersive uh, video game experiences and other media. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at what people are thinking about for sort of that. They're calling it Web3. We don't really call it Web3. It's just a natural extension of innovation when it comes to, you know, how we spend our attention. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how um, some of the platforms that aren't even public yet uh, or have access to the public markets yet um, will start to will start to. Um, uh, evolve into uh, platforms that you know have more of a you know uh, you know a a modern approach or a, a more immersive approach to you know how we experience things. We're going to start to see it in things like telehealth. Um, you know uh, how we how we interact with our how we interact with our physicians. Um, you know just COVID in general. Um, how we've done meetings through Zoom, while you know just. The, the fact that our sort of mental space has changed the way that we interact with um, our friends and our colleagues uh, because we've been spending so much time away from the office, away from um, other people. Uh, those experiences need to become more immersive and less 2D. Um, and, uh, and we think that, you know, we're on a path to that. Uh, and we don't think that, you know, blockchain and crypto and, you know, uh, Horizons meetings uh, by Meta are what the metaverse is. So I think that there's a lot of, there should be a lot of skepticism about the sort of the loudest voices talking about the metaverse. Um, but understand that, you know, our sort of general 2D sitting in front of a screen 
um, is not necessarily, you know, how we are going to spend our time um, on the Internet um, uh, over the coming decades. Michael, we only have a few minutes left here. I mentioned at the, uh, the top the other ETFs that you have registered with the SEC. And as much as uh, our listeners would love to have you go into great detail, especially on the uh, unusual whales ETFs, I know you can't speak directly to these. Uh, you're in a quiet period. But what, what more can you tell us about your future plans? You started uh, explaining at the top kind of your overall view of the world. I thought you did a great job of explaining how you're differentiated on the on the metaverse ETF. But can you just talk, you know, as I think about these other filings that you have out there, again, the uh, the Democratic trading ETF, the Republican trading ETF, cannabis, decarbonization, food security, mental health. I, I'd love to have you just talk more about how you want to approach the ETF space moving forward. How, how do you want to differentiate here? Yeah, I mean, I think we will continue to file uh, and launch ETFs with certain themes. Um, and so, you know, right now it's climate, water, food security, mental health, uh, cannabis, social justice, um, and looking at, you know, how our congressional leaders and our elected officials, and it's not just Congress, right? Like, you know, federal judges trade individual stocks. Um, and Unusual Wales has done an incredible job of shining a light on what is happening in the only democracy in the world that allows this to happen. Um, and so we couldn't be happier to um, to to have them as part of the Subversa family. Um, you know, we'll continue to look at themes that uh, investors are looking to put money to work, um, obviously for a return on investment, uh, but also that um, represents the values of our investors um, and the type of world that they want to live in. Um, and so, you know, the the world has become a bizarre place, both politically. Um, but also from a climate perspective, like, you know, we're, these are, these are dark times. Um, and we believe there's a role for the capital markets, uh, to try to solve some of the systemic issues that, that, that we have, whether it's, um, whether it's on the social side or our climate, um, or solving some world problems that, um, that, you know, the capital market space are uniquely positioned, um, to help us with. Uh, and so we want to be at the forefront of those conversations. Um, and we think uh, once we, you know, are able to scale this advisor, this RA that we've uh, spun up with these ETFs, um, you know, I think uh, towards the end of next year, you'll see us as one of the more formidable uh, thematic ETF providers. Well, Michael, I know uh, I, for one, am very interested to uh, track your ETF journey moving forward. Very intrigued by what you're doing here. Certainly wish you the best of luck on that journey. Thank you for joining me this week. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I look forward to when those uh, those new funds become effective. I'll come back on and we can talk in more detail. Sounds great. That was Michael Auerbach, founder and chief investment officer of Subversive Capital.